Thank you, Sarah. That was beautiful. I appreciate uh, y'all being here. Thank you for your prayers. I wasn't feeling so well this morning in the first service, and I uh, got a little stomach bug or something. I, I am negative COVID, so you don't have to fear that. <laughs> but it does seem to be hitting around us here these days. So, uh, but if you uh, if you wonder why I may stay at a distance, I just don't want you. I don't know if I can communicate this bug I've got or not, but you don't want it. Uh, I'm feeling much better now than I did in the first service, so I thank you for your prayers. If you'll join me in 1 Peter chapter 1, um, I want to share a few thoughts, probably be kind of brief this morning, um, and uh, but I want to encourage us with what Peter has to say to the churches here uh, in his first letter. Peter wrote, it's been now about 30 35 years after that day that Jesus met him on the shores of Galilee and said, follow me. Peter began to follow Jesus and um, like many of us, sometimes his steps weren't that steady. Um, We can look back on Peter's life as recorded in scripture and see where Jesus said to him at one point, get thee behind me, Satan. And another point where Jesus, in his darkest hour, Peter denied that he even knew him. And so we read these and um, things and we get a little insight into who Peter is. Peter's just like you and me. Um, There are days when he shines, like on Pentecost. And he's preaching and thousands make a decision to follow Christ. There are days when Peter uh, shines, and there are days when he isn't so glorious. You ever feel like that? Like one day you're like, wow, you know, this is a great day. I I love serving God. And then the next day it's like, I just don't feel like I fit in very well. I don't feel like I'm what I ought to be. Well, that's Peter. First Peter chapter 1, the first word in the text is Petros, Peter. God, uh, or Jesus gave him that name. His name was Simon. Simon or Kephas. But Jesus said to him, so now I'm going to call you Rocky. That's what Peter means, the rock. And Jesus saw something in Peter that maybe Peter didn't even see in himself. And Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the spirit under obedience of the uh under obedience and uh sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace be unto you and peace be multiplied blessed be the god and father of our lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved for you in heaven 
who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Father, bless our time in your word today. And Lord, help us to gain something from it that will help us today to be better servants of yours and to be more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're about to enter into a time of community groups where we gather in homes in small groups over a several week period. And if you have not yet uh, gotten involved in a community group, I hope that you will do so this time around. We usually do these seven to eight weeks at a, at a span and then we'll break and then we'll do another one later in the year. That is a great way to get to know the people in your church. Um, Sunday mornings are fantastic, but we don't get to know one another here in this room. This is not a place of community or fellowship. It's a place of praise and worship and hearing God's Word. And that's good and that's needed, but I need to sit down with Joe Vickers and get to know him and fellowship with him. I need to know the Clausens and the Hearts and I need to know you, not just as a face I see on Sunday morning, but as somebody that I've gotten to know over a period of time. Now, if you've never been involved in a community group, uh, please get involved in one this time around. We start next Sunday. Uh, we have five cluster groups on Sunday evenings. And we have three others throughout the week. And so they're, and they're spread out all over Georgetown. We've even got one in North Round Rock. And so there's got to be one that's near you and convenient for you time-wise. Now I know your lives are busy, so is mine. But cut out some time for the next seven weeks and say, you know what, we're going to go... Uh, to Les Dahl's house. Les, you're meeting on Sunday night, aren't you? Six o'clock? We're going to go to Les's house. Les and Roxanne live out near uh, Ronald Reagan, correct? So if you're out in that area, um, it's not much of a drive for you. Show up there and say, hey, we want to read through First Peter with you. It's a real simple format. We sit around in a living room or outdoors or wherever, open a Bible, and read. And then we talk about what we just read. And a facilitator, the person in charge there, will help facilitate discussion. We'll talk about that text and apply it to our lives. All told, it's an hour, an hour and a half-ish. Some people have food, others don't. That's why I like to go to Joe's, because they always have food. It's also good fellowship, but they got some pretty good food, too. But I want to encourage you to do that. And we're going to be going through Peter's letter here. So I thought today I would just share a little introductory uh, to Paul, Peter's epistle. Peter was, well, I like him because he was kind of like me. Peter was not educated. He was not slick, smooth, and polished. He didn't have a degree. It's likely Peter never went to any kind of formal education. He was raised on a fishing boat. 
He worked from the time he was a child. He was a manual laborer. He got to where he owned his own fishing company and would get up every day and go fishing to make a living. He wasn't like Paul. Paul was a very educated man. Paul had degrees. Paul was looked up to because of his education. Peter didn't have that. He had rough, calloused hands. He worked uh, physical labor all his life. And you know, that's just like today. Christians today, some have manicured fingernails and soft palms. and Others have a tight grip and calloused hands. It's not what's on the outside that really matters. It's what's on the inside. But I always kind of... Well, Peter always resonated with me because I was raised to work with my hands. I started working when I was nine years old. And we just were expected to work. And I never thought it was bad or wrong or different. It's just what it was. And um, Peter also opened his mouth a lot when he should have kept it shut. I also resonate with that. He'd stick his foot in his mouth sometimes uh, and get out ahead of himself. And then, you know, when you do that, then you got to go and back it up. He didn't always back it up. But I want us to notice a few things about Peter here. Well, not about Peter, but about what he says about these Christians in Pontus and uh, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He says right off the bat, and this is where we're going to focus and this is where we're going to stay today. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout. Why were they scattered? Well, they were scattered. The word uh, is the same word as used about the, the diaspora or the dispersion of the Jews in the Old Testament where they were scattered throughout the earth the days before Christ came. And so many have taken to believe that Peter is writing to those Jews. But as we read through his letter, it's most likely not just to those Jews, but to Christians, Jews, and Gentiles who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire because of persecution. Peter writes much in this letter to encourage people who are going through fiery trials. This is under the reign of Caesar Nero, who ultimately would have Paul and Peter put to death for their faith. Many a martyr in that time frame. And Paul says to, or Peter says to them here, to the strangers scattered abroad. Interesting word he chose to call them here. He calls them strangers. Other times it's translated pilgrims. We understand pilgrims, you know, the Mayflower and the funny buckled shoes and hats. Well, why were they called pilgrims? Well, because they were on a journey. They were going somewhere. And they weren't home. 
And that's the word Paul or Peter uses here to talk about us as believers. He says you are strangers. The word literally means a foreigner in a land that is not his own. Who lives alongside the people of that land. That's the word he chose. And Peter here says that you and I are strangers in this world. That is something that as Christians we must not only understand, but we must embrace in order to know who we are and what our role is in this world. Jesus, when he stood before Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate asked him about his kingdom, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my disciples fight that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. And so Jesus said very clearly, you're not of this world. I got saved on the 13th of February, 1968. I was a young fellow. I didn't know everything I needed to know, but I knew enough. I knew I was a sinner. And I knew I needed a Savior. And I asked Jesus to enter my heart and to save me. And he did. And the Bible says, I became born again. That's what Peter talks about there in verse 3. Being born again. Begotten of God. And when that transaction took place, and I don't know when it was for you. Maybe it was at a church service, or maybe it was in a home, or maybe it was at a school. You know, there's no special holy place where you go to become a Christian. Listen, you can sit in this room every Sunday, and it won't make you a Christian. No more than hanging out in a garage will turn you into a car. Doesn't work that way. There's a transaction that takes place in the heart. Whereby the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within you. And you are, as Jesus said, born again. And when that happens, you have a new identity. And a new citizenship. And you belong to a new kingdom. And you are no longer part of this world. We used to sing when I was getting, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures, they're laid up way up beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And so that's what Peter's saying here. He said, you are strangers in this world, foreigners in a foreign land. I want to give you Briefly here, seven things to remember as a stranger. Now, I picked these up from someone years ago. These aren't mine. This is not original. I don't even know where I got it. But I wrote it down, and it was good. And I turned to it a lot. So I want to share those with you this morning as a reminder that this world that you and I live in is just a temporary place. We're sojourners. And that heaven is our home. As a, excuse me, as a sojourner, number one, you should travel 
light. Don't carry much with you. You know, if you go hiking or backpacking, you, you don't carry your whole household with you. Because you're sojourning, you're taking a trip. You're not home. You're going somewhere. Travel light. Don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life, Jesus said, in order to please him who has called you to be a soldier. This world will lure you to anchor down in this and that and everything else. And listen, if your life is all wrapped up in the here and now, you will lose sight of why you're here. Nothing wrong with enjoying the things of this world. But don't, as Paul said, don't get entangled with them. Don't get burdened down with the things of this world. Travel light. Secondly, keep moving forward. You know, when you travel this world and you sojourn as a pilgrim, you're going somewhere. You're headed home. You're headed to heaven. Every now and then along the way, I stumble. And every now and then, I fall every now and then I don't do as I ought to do and you know what I've learned along the way get up and move forward you know maybe you've fallen aside and like Peter you cursed the Lord three times and said I don't even know the man I'm sure glad Peter didn't just stay down there he got up and he moved forward. And Jesus said to him, do you love me, Peter? He said, I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Three times he asked him. He said, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Jesus put him in charge. You and I probably wouldn't have done that. Jesus has more grace than I do. But when you fall, listen, you're not through. You're not finished. If falling meant you were finished, then that's saying, well, God doesn't have enough grace to cover what I just did. But Paul tells us where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So as a sojourner, Travel light and keep moving forward. Though you may fall, get up and go again. You know, there's one thing Satan cannot do. He may tempt you. He may lure you. He may even get you to fall. But he can't stop God from forgiving you. He can't keep God from loving you. And he can't get in the way when you get up and keep moving forward. Number three, live for the destination. Don't live for now. Live for the destination. What did Jesus say in his prayer for his disciples? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
live for the destination where you're going and live by the values of your destination. The values of heaven. Listen, the world has its rules and its regulations, its way of doing things. I don't walk to their beat. I have another authority that's higher than any authority on this earth. I got news for you. The Supreme Court isn't. Here's the Supreme Court. God's Word. Live according to that. And don't let the world squeeze you into its mold and make you like themselves. Paul said to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. Live by heaven's authorities. Number five, as a sojourner, don't expect to fit in. You ever sometimes feel like, well, I just don't fit in? Well, it's because you don't. You're not of this world. My wife and I had the privilege to live in Mexico for a year back in 1988. We absolutely loved it. Now, what's not to love? We, uh, it was about uh, 50 degrees overnight and about 75, 80 in the daytime. And that was almost every day of the year. Got down to 39 one night. I think that's the lowest I ever remember again. And I don't recall it ever even touching 90 where we were. We were up in elevation. It was beautiful. We were newlyweds. No children. No debts. No responsibilities whatsoever except to learn Spanish. We were in school every day. It was great. Had a taco stand right down the street from me. They always encourage us to get out and talk to people. That's the best way to learn the language. So I'd go down to the taco stand every day. It was great. Uh, we loved it. But you know what? It wasn't home. As much as I enjoyed it, as, as good a time as we had, it wasn't home. I remember when we came back, and uh, I kind of got a little misty-eyed. Uh, you don't think about it much till you don't have it. But I remember we came to the border there in Laredo, and we were crossing over. And as we got into South Texas, I saw two things that just kind of tugged at my heart. An American flag... And a Whataburger. (laughs) And I said, I'm home. I am home. And as Christians in this world, from the moment I got saved, I haven't belonged here. My destiny is beyond. From the moment you got saved... You belong to Jesus. You're part of his kingdom. You're part of his family. And going home to heaven is a family reunion. It's like leaving a foreign country and going home. And so it's going to be a great thing. But right now, 
I live here in a land that's not my own. And so I need to travel light, keep moving forward, live for the destination, live by the values of heaven, don't expect to fit in, and live like an ambassador. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who goes from their country to a foreign country to represent their country in that land. That's what you are. When you go to work every day, in your neighborhood, maybe in your home, you are living with, living by, working with people who aren't born again, who are of this world. And all they can do, their highest values are what I can get and what I can accomplish in this world. Your goals are different. Your goals are higher. Your goals are the glory of God. Whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, Paul said, do all to the glory of God. And so, live like an ambassador. Let the people of this world know who your king is. Share with them the gospel of Jesus that saved your soul, that forgave you your sins, that gave you a home in heaven. Live as an ambassador. And finally... For those who are strangers in this world, travel light, keep moving forward, live for the destination, live by the values of heaven. Don't expect to fit in. When, when things go wrong, when you're persecuted for your faith, expect it. It's the way it should be. Live like an ambassador and Don't try to be what you're not. You know, the most sad and miserable people on earth, I don't believe, are unsaved people. But Christians who are trying to live like unsaved people. They've turned their back on God. We read about in Sunday school this morning how Israel turned her back on God and gave herself to idols. Now, I'm not going to recommend you go do this, but if you did do this, if you went to a bar tonight and you look around that bar and find the most miserable person in that bar, I'm going to guess that that person's probably a Christian trying to act like they're not. Because inside, you know you're different. But you've yielded yourself to this world because you're tired of fighting. You're tired of going against the grain. You're tired of swimming upstream. And listen, it is upstream. You parents with smaller children, you'll face this. Well, so-and-so's family does it. Yeah, well, you're not in so-and-so's family. I can hear my dad saying that right now. 
we have a different standard. We march to the beat of a different drum. We've heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. A light came on in me. 13th February 1968. And I haven't been the same since. I haven't always done what I should do. I've stumbled. I've fallen. But my life was changed that day. I have a new destination. I have a new citizenship. I have a new home. As Peter says here, I'm a stranger in this world. You need to embrace how strange you are. Because this world is not your home. If you try to make this world your home, you'll just be frustrated. And you know, it only makes sense because we all know, saved or unsaved, I'm not going to live here forever. A day's coming when they're going to put this old body in a grave. Then where will I be? Well, I'll be, as the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So I know that this world is not worth living for. But that world is. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings. And we thank you for Peter's letter and how he reminds us that though the trial of our faith is a fiery trial, we can remember that it is but for a time. We are destined for heaven. Oh Lord, help us to, as sojourners in this world, strangers and pilgrims, help us to travel light, not burden ourselves with the things of this world, to keep moving forward even though we may fall. To live in the light of eternity and to not expect to fit in with this world and her morals. Help us, Lord, to live like ambassadors serving you and representing you to this world. And not to try to be what we're not, but to be exactly who you've called us to be. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing... If you need to... Uh...